You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. From the wild woods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Droma here alongside the state of Hoppy, and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. How's it going, Hoppy? It's going great. I, I love the new intro we came up with here. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> Episode 97 of the Soda Pod. Thanks to everybody joining on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. That's right, we're on Twitch. Go follow us. The Hockey Podcast Network. Shane says, well, well, well. You want to expand on that a little bit there, Shane? Uh, thanks for tuning in on the live stream. And uh, by the way, you can also find the podcast, uh, The Soda Pod, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Hoppy, how was your weekend? Uh, anything you want to highlight here before we uh, run down the show and give the people what they're waiting for? Nothing crazy, man. Just uh, I know obviously you'll get into it here, but with you being out of pocket, I never know if you're like alive or not. I wonder if I need to message Dylan and be like, hey, just to confirm, like I don't care if he's responding, but Isha is breathing. I mean, it doesn't hurt to check. So I don't even think I don't even think Dylan knew where I was last night because my, my phone had died and I was out camping at my buddy's lake. And uh, I didn't want to know his, his lake house, actually, the cabin. Uh a little Halloween uh get together there. COVID safe get together, guys. Don't grill me. Um, oh, Shane said he's just quoting Lyndon Wood from the hood. A lot of people who listen to the soda pod don't know who that is, but Shane's a, a longtime listener of my work. And when we did local radio here on Vancouver Island, uh, one of our regular callers name was Lyndon Wood from the hood. Uh, I, I wish Lyndon would have, you know, continued to listen to, to my work because, uh, he's a good guy there, Hoppy, but, uh, let's, let's dive into, uh, the show rundown here. Um, we're going to dive into the hoppy hour. It's going to be kind of just a condensed hoppy hour. I'm not really drinking anything new. I'm curious to see what hoppy has on tap. And then we're going to bring on uh, Corey Crenshaw of Sporty with Corey and Richie. Uh, for all you Vikings fans out there, this one is a treat for you. I'll be able to sit back and relax for this one as hoppy and her uh, talk a little NFL. Uh, then we got uh, the open phone app. We have a voicemail from, well, Shane's favorite uh, guest here on the show, Drunk Greg. And we'll end off the show with uh, a, a solid uh, NHL and hockey-based segment where there's, there's a ton of news that we've been putting on the shelf uh, due to some of our recent guests. And uh, we'll highlight some of the stuff that we've been itching to talk about in the last few episodes. Um, so without further ado, we got actually, we also got producer Pigeon hitting switches and controls in the producer booth. So thanks a lot, producer Pigeon. Uh, let's get right into the hoppy hour. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalock. To Stalock! To Stalock! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. You're all hopped out? Alright, Hoppy, what do you got on tap tonight? Episode 97 of the Soda Pod. Yeah, so it's funny. When I uh, knew that we had Timmy locked in for that last episode, I went right away to their website and figured out what I could get to go. Nice. And, uh... Ended up with two great beers, but the one that I was most excited about uh, called Alligator Swag that I'd never had before, it was like just recently sold out. 
but then I had to go out yesterday. My my wife met up with like two of her friends and I had to like run last minute to get uh, champagne for them because mm. apparently that's what's girls do. night. That's girls know. night. But uh, just so happened that in the cooler was like 10 alligator swags. So I'm like, well, yes, I deserve this for <laughs> good deed. Um, so really good. Uh, it's an 8.1 percenter. So probably a little too strong for you, Isha, but oh, uh, pretty cool can per usual for them. Says the American. <laughs> hey, man. Like I said, as soon as you're ready to cross <laughs> the border, I'll throw down. <laughs> yeah, I will make some content out of it, and everyone can poke fun at me after as I'm, like, face down on the ground and Hoppy and Joey are still drinking. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely average it out based on size. So All right, there you go. You'll at go. least have a little bit of a chance. Um, That's a, that's a wicked can there. I'm actually going to clip that as the YouTube thumbnail versus me this week because all I got is – well, I shouldn't say all I have. The, the good old Pacific Pilsner. You know, my uh, my shotgunning beer of choice. And uh, I'd say that it's on, it's on the same level as Lucky Lager. So take that as you want. Some people uh, may be like, well, then it really sucks. Some people may be like, you know what? That's a solid, cheap beer choice. So uh, cheers to you, man. Here's to a good weekend. Happy Halloween. Are, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy Halloween to everybody as well. Um, I know it's, it's weird times and probably can't celebrate uh, like you usually want to. Um, I had a few people out on uh, on my buddy's lake property. We had a little bonfire. Um, we got a, a fresh, a fresh, fresh lamb that was killed uh, the that day from our friend's farm, and we had a good old uh, lamb roast and a little bit of a potluck there. So that was a lot of fun. Shout out my buddy Chad, Chad Crozy. I'm pretty sure he's actually appeared on the Soda Pod before. We'll have to bring him back in studio sometime soon. But uh, did you have any trick or treaters come by your house, Hoppy? Honestly, it was a ghost town over here. I know I some figured. people said that there was like decent trick-or-treater flow. But yeah, our neighborhood was pretty dead by and large. There's some innovative ways to give out candy that I've been, you know, seeing circling Twitter and YouTube and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> From like catapults to like um like tunnels, I guess, like water slide style tunnels. Okay. Yeah, I've seen tube. like tube dispersal. Yeah, tube dispersal. I don't know. <laughs> honestly i'm kind of like bummed that i didn't come up with that because that would have been fun <laughs> yeah um my mother said that like in her neighborhood has a ton of uh ton of kids um and, and young families said like it was it was as busy as any other year now it's not nothing too crazy like no one comes up to that neighborhood too much because it's just kind of outside of town but uh but the regulars were all still there and stuff so i mean there hasn't been uh too many new cases here on vancouver island now in bc it hasn't been that great with i think over like 200 a day uh coming in recently but the island and vancouver island health um in the last week anyways has been pretty manageable i think we had one scare uh, a few weeks ago but other than that it's, it's been pretty it's been pretty all right and everyone's handling it pretty well yeah it's interesting down here like a lot of the schools right now are like right in the midst of it like they're deciding like we're either going completely remote or we're not mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people very vocal about it obviously parents selfishly don't want their kids coming home and actually having to be responsible for them but uh <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, it's interesting how it'll impact i mean not just schools but you know looking forward i, I know we'll get into this a little bit in the hockey section but just how it's gonna impact high school hockey mm -hmm. hopefully it's not gonna completely derail what we've got going here but yeah, no, that's true. And I, I heard recently, like in Boston, um, they had to shut down a ton of youth hockey programs just because it was a small outbreak. And they basically shut it down for two weeks. But the thing is, like, 
it's not like a mandated quarantine or anything like that. So yeah. people are going to still live their lives and be social and whatnot. And, you know, so what does that two weeks really, really even do in that sense? So, I mean, everyone's kind of dealing with it as, as they go and it's interesting. And obviously we're going to monitor how it uh, affects the hockey world, uh, especially in one story that I'm pretty uh, fired up about. If people haven't been following me on Twitter lately, I mean, go, go check that out. I've been pretty vocal about it. And we'll talk about that later in the show. Um, but first and foremost, uh, I want to give a shout out to our Twitter handles. Uh, I'm at VR Sports Talk. You should drill me on Twitter. Hit a thousand followers. No big deal. Hoppy, he's still trying to get there at State of Hoppy. And as usual, you can check out our uh, at the Soda Pod weekly poll questions. Uh, Hoppy, how about we dive into those a little bit here before we bring on Corey and uh, talk some Minnesota Vikings and hockey? Yeah, definitely. And I just want to note, uh, Isha, phenomenal. Over a thousand followers. Been around since January 2017. I haven't even been here half that time, and I'm more than half of his following. So I'm no math magician by any means, but just worth noting. That's all. Yeah, yeah. All um, right. Fair enough. Now, uh, so last week we had the great poll, obviously, going in line with the beer names that we got and learned that Timmy is responsible for over 80% of them. So that's awesome. <laughs> Hopefully we get a little bit of influence there and at least come up with one cool beer name for him. But either way, it was great talking through some of the different names that they've come up with. And a few here that we listed for the poll, it ended up really tight. Um, pretty much tie across the board for second. And first place goes to Shooter McGavin. Not really a shock. No, not surprised. But it was a pretty balanced poll across the board. Chaz Michael Michaels, Patches O'Houlihan, Stop Looking at Me Swan. Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> it's it's a pretty pretty stacked list. So, um, but going to this week, um, kind of threw it up last minute, and not gonna lie, didn't have all the creative juices flowing. So we just went off of Halloween being last night, like you alluded to. Um, which Halloween candy would you most like to enjoy in beer form? I love it. Um, so came up with uh, we got Oreos, Reese's peanut butter cup. Sour Patch Kids, and Warheads. Um, and to be completely honest, only one of these that I haven't seen in a beer before. So, Which is what, Oreo? Warheads. Oh, no, there's cookie and cream beers. Real? Okay, okay, fair, oh, yeah. fair enough. Well, cookies Bloody. and cream. Oreos Bloody. barely cookies and cream here. Oreos its oh. own thing, bud. It I'm not to say that they're bad. I'm, okay, you know, well, I, down I, here, I, cookies and cream means Oreo. Okay, up here, we, we have our good friends at Waconia Brewing Company do a cookies and cream beer. Yeah, well, it's probably a Hershey's style cookies no. and cream. None of that no, Oreos. That. Um, well, Reese's peanut butter would be amazing. Sour Patch Kids, I can't believe you've seen that. Um, oh, yeah. I want producer T's Sour Patch Kids beer, <laughs> especially if it gives me the same effects as those Sour Patch Kids. Uh, yeah. Only Hoppy knows what I'm talking about there. Warheads, I can't believe hasn't hasn't happened yet as a sour. That blows my mind. I'm we, very surprised we, about that too. And I even like, we'll we'll shout it out here quick. Um, you know, one Attaboy. Of, Shane uh, just voted for pod. peanut butter cup. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, friend of the pod, uh, Seth Toops, he uh, said Warhead Seltzer. Who says no? Um, it's, it's an interesting proposition. I mean, sour beer, seltzer, you could probably you know pass it off either or. It's going to be sour as fuck regardless. <laughs> I mean, but seltzers are just so like mellow and watered down in comparison. You know, that's where I, like maybe if you put something insane like a Warhead flavor in there, you might actually be able to tell it apart from the other seltzers. There so. you go. There you go. Uh, what's our? Should we get into our pucks pull question here? It's a good segue uh, before we bring in uh, Corey from uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie here on the Hockey Podcast Network. 
Sure. Um, so looking at last week again with having Pete Jensen on, uh, we just asked who's more likely to outperform their current rankings from his podcast, uh, Fantasy on Ice. Uh, we had Kevin Fiala, 87, Kirill Kaprizov, 108, Cam Talbot, 188, and Marco Rossi outside of the top 50, or 250, sorry. Um, Kevin Fiala won by a pretty decent margin, but everyone got a good amount of vote share. Um, I think the thing is, a lot of these players could easily overperform what their current rank is. That's mm-hmm. not to say that any of them are going to be first-round draft picks, but a uh, lot to look forward to. We'll see. Um, but this week's poll question, uh, what do you expect, and I put heavy emphasis on expect, not want, Mitchell Miller's highest level of play to be moving forward in his career? We have NHL, AHL. We have KHL. We got NCAA and junior hockey, or no more meaningful hockey. Um, already got 38 votes, and we just threw the poll up. Um, as of now, pretty heavy on KHL and no more meaningful well, hockey. What's worse? What's worse, here. honestly, rotting in the KHL or no more meaningful hockey? Let's be honest. He's He's not getting. I hope they steal his money if he's there. I hope they just never pay him in those paper bags. That will probably happen too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing stuff. Well, that's gonna wrap up uh, the 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 quick hoppy hour here. Uh, We'll uh, we'll circle back on the poll questions as we do every uh, midweek episode. Uh, On the other side, though, we we've been saying it. We're gonna bring on uh, Corey Crenshaw from. Sporty with Corey and Richie covering all things uh, Arizona Coyotes here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, But first, a word from our friends again here at the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, tip of the iceberg. If you're a Pens fan, if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan like the state of Hoppy here, uh, this is the show for you. So on the other side, we're bringing on Corey from Sporty with Corey and Richie. And you're tuning in to the Soda Pod episode 97 here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host, Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins, from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. A team in the playoffs or in the play-in round won the first overall pick, and I wanted to throw my phone clear across this plane. (laughs) Nope, nope, it, he yes? will. Yeah, see, there's your he hot will. take, got it. Where That's it? my hot take. He will be a Hockey Hall of Famer, if not possibly first ballot Hall of Famer. That was just awful officiating, and who who was this this scrub that was officiating? Let me let me look it up real quick. Mark Rasheed, <laughs> something like that? Oh, oh, Recky. I just, I just wanted to see him booming it from blue line to blue line, being the lines. That's all I wanted to see. Very few general managers have those type of players, let alone three players that you can easily say, if I don't trade them, my team will be better. So all I have to do is not make a move. And I get that's a foreign concept for Jim Rutherford, but you just don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. You don't do that. (laughs) New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast from. And let's go Pens. Corey, great to have you on here again from Sporty with Corey and Richie. And uh, obviously would have had you on at some point here, but when I saw your excitement matching mine for the Minnesota Vikings today, I thought we had to bring you on because this not only might be one of few wins this year for us, but it came against the Packers who are 5-1 and one right now at uh, 
inject it straight into my veins. Only the second win this season, and it was the only one that was a credible win. So, yeah, it was a big day. And anything where you end with um, a forced fumble from Aaron Rodgers is always a good day, especially because they're always, like, basically sucking him off the entire broadcast because he's Aaron Rodgers. And they even had to, like, throw it in there one more time that they had, like, an illegal formation before he spiked the ball at the end. And oh, they had he's to, a like, genius. He's a genius. Look, he looked and saw that it was an illegal formation, and he told him to get his ass over there. He got over there, and he was able to see all of that before he – no, they ran 10 seconds off the clock that were critical 10 seconds in that game, and yet they still felt the need to say, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers caught that. It was completely ridiculous, but they're going to, you know, verbally blow that man until the end of time, so I'm just kind of over it. Yeah, let's hope it sticks to verbally. But like you said, 10-minute runoff from him making that happen to save a 10-minute runoff from a penalty. Like, what? what's the fucking difference? Yeah, Genius. that's what – it really didn't make much of a difference. And then after that, you end up just fumbling the ball anyways, and then the game's over. So it was completely pointless and uh, whatever. At least at this time, the – Vikings, which are definitely not on the same level as the Packers this year, got to completely embarrass the Packers. So there's nothing better than that. And I, I got to ask, though, the biggest thing here for me, and Isha saw it firsthand when it was up against the Seahawks for Sunday Night Football when we were streaming. I think we ended the stream and it was Vikings up by like 13 or 14 points going into half. Isha's like, oh, yeah, this is done. I'm like, oh, no, the Vikings are going to find a way to lose this for sure. And he comes back the next episode. He's like, oh, shit, I didn't realize that that was like actually a thing. So at any point until the game was actually over, did you feel confident that the Vikings were going to win? No, absolutely not. And so that's why it's funny because people had asked me, um, what was it that had asked if they, I can't remember what it was, if they should have done something. And um, I said, or I think it was whether they should have gone for a touchdown at some point or something like that. And, and I said, yes. And they go, okay, but that still wouldn't, or maybe it was a field goal to tie it up. And then, and I said, yes, they should have done that instead of going for the touchdown. That's what it was. And they go, really? Like you don't want them to have the mentality of winning the game, not just tying the game. I go, I want them to have the mentality of the game is tied and it gives them less of a chance to fuck this up. Do we really need them to have to come back in the end? No. You need to have them in a comfortable position and hope they don't fuck up that comfortable position. You have to have the least amount of ways that they can fuck up. And they're like, oh, well, the probability said that, like, on that, on uh, what I think they, it was like, they only had to get like one yard and they had like three downs to do it and they couldn't make it. And they're like, the probability says that they would have made it. And I'm like, yeah, except it's Vikings probability. It's a completely yep. different probability than everyone else's. So you have to do, you have to factor in the Vikings factor and you have to factor in how many ways could they fuck this up if we don't get it. The list is so long, but no, you took the words right out of my mouth with the the Vikings analytics there, the probabilities that that might need to be a t-shirt to be completely honest. Um, I don't know. Oh, Isha came back now that, he thinks we're going to transition out of football talk. No, so no, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I, full, full disclosure, I, I had to pee. 
and I couldn't find my phone. So I was like, I, I just don't want to leave an empty chair here. I want to look professional. And I don't know shit about the Minnesota Vikings. So that's all you. Okay. Well, la- last piece on the Vikings before we transition to some hockey. Take your time. Take your time. There's, there's some people that are it's not my like, show. pissed on Twitter, which that's not a shock to anyone. But they're upset that the Vikings like blew their chance at getting a first overall pick by getting this win. Like, first off, but... There, there's a couple more games the Vikings are probably going to win, and you're not going to be worse than the Jets or the Giants. But second off, I will trade any draft pick to beat the Packers when the Vikings are one and five and the Packers are five and one. Like, what's your thought? Um, that they've got to be high, and the fact that the reason why this team sucks so bad. Well, first of all, one is they've sucked for years due to the fact that there has never been an O line on this team that has been actually solid. Every quarterback that has ever come into this team has had very, very little time in the pocket. So that's always going to be one of their biggest problems. And no matter how many draft picks they've picked up for online, they've never been good. You can't do have a combination of that and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is terrible. So any draft pick, unless it's going to be a new quarterback, isn't going to fix your problem of the fact that Kirk Cousins can't throw the football. I really didn't like Stefan Diggs before he left because I thought he was too cocky, but I do understand why he had an issue with Kirk Cousins because he really only got the ball on really long passes and um, Kirk Cousins really doesn't have that ability per se. And he's so that's why he would throw to Thielen more. Um, Ergo why I have a Thielen jersey. Um, But so that was always going to be your problem. So unless your, your early pick is going to be a quarterback, that's going to, miraculously take the place of Kirk Cousins, which you just signed a big contract with, then that's the only way I would see this becoming something that's big enough. But it's a win against the Packers, which have always been your rivals in Lambeau Field. So why would you ever want to lose that game? That's just dumb and humiliating in the end. Yeah, I can't disagree. (laughs) And I mean, to your point on Diggs, like... Makes sense, but had to go. Thielen is like a big fan favorite here, especially just where he came from. At Ishar, friends down in Mankato. Um, I know we actually spoke with one of their assistant hockey coaches at Mankato State. That's actually where Thielen played Division II football oh, well. before working his way into the Vikings, which is, I don't have to really say, not that common. Um but just being where he sits on the team and how important he is, like if this is an actual rebuild, looking at his age, looking at his trajectory, are you okay if the team trades steel and if they get real assets? That's that's difficult to me just because of the fact that I also feel like he gives a good vibe like on the team. When it comes to Diggs, he was also a cancer on the team. Like it and it part of it is also in in football, it's a little bit different than hockey. If you're pissed off in hockey and you're sitting and no one can really see what you really look like, what you're doing, Stefan Diggs being on the sidelines, acting like a jackass half the time, really was a negative effect for the team like on the sidelines and from like a viewing aspect too because they shoot him so much. Thielen is really good PR-wise. He's a really good player. And he will get someone like Kirk Cousins out of the doghouse on multiple occasions. So it would have to be a lot to trade him because it's, I mean, 
the Vikings will always be a run game team because they always have been. Adrian Peterson held the team for years. Now Dalvin Cook's doing it. It's always going to be that way, but they need to have someone like Thielen that gives you those options, who has the ability to play the game in multiple ways than just being, you know, a normal receiver that's going to just make normal plays. He's creative and can help out Kirk in situations where he is completely fucked it up, but he makes it look good because it's Thielen. So I I would say it would have to be a lot in order to do that. Nope, that's very fair. And I know we're cutting pretty close on your time here, Corey, because you've got to take off and, well, do your show here in a couple of minutes. Uh, again, Sporty with Corey and Richie. Everyone check them out wherever you get your podcasts from. But before we let you Best go. The podcast out there, not a big deal. <laughs> I, I can't let you go without at least hitting quick on you guys being put through the gauntlet the last week or so with the Mitchell Miller news. Just want to hear from your perspective being a lot closer to it than we are. I mean, what's going on right now in Arizona? Um, It is a bit much going on here. Um, So I, I really wish this nightmare would truly end, to be honest with you, because we have been going through so much lately, like after the whole Chica thing, especially. And then now that we finally have um, Armstrong in and we thought we were going in like a great direction, mm-hmm. great direction PR wise and everything else. I just felt like this was another huge dip for the team. And it's really difficult because what Miller did was basically unforgivable. Like, I don't know why they didn't look into it a little bit more and see that it wasn't a redemption story by any means. It was really a privileged kid who wanted to throw racist and just downright mean comments at a kid who was four years behind where he was supposed to be developmentally. And so it was really hard for him, like, to ever come back from that. And I always kind of go back to the, you know, people who say that they have, like, a freedom of speech. But I always say that, like, you don't have freedom from the consequences of that speech. Like, Mm. he did what he did and he served his time in the court. But that doesn't mean that he's not free from the consequences of the things that came after. And... In all reality, people have been making excuses for him, whether it was like Team USA, his youth team, or um, UNH, UND, which he is now kicked off of. Um, uh, the Coyotes had talked to his coaches from there, and they had given him glowing reviews from that. I really think that they had to, at some point in all of this, had started making excuses for him because if someone repeatedly does that, it's not one isolated incident and they keep on making excuses for him. There has to be something that, and you then go into the whole fact of, you know, is it because he's talented enough that they want to make excuses for him? And is that really the right thing to be doing, which isn't Mm. right either. Um, In the end, it's like every other team, no matter what, if he would have fallen back enough, someone else would have picked him up, whether it was, the Coyotes or someone else, I think they were trying to make up for the fact that they didn't have any picks until this fourth round pick and pick someone that had fallen back because of his issues and but still had the talent of a higher pick. He was supposed to go in more of the 70s and the Coyotes pick was 111. So I think that's where they were trying to go with it. But in the end, it really 
wasn't worth the PR risk and it just looked really terrible on the team. And so I, I wish they hadn't really done it. Uh, your co-host here is commenting, saying, <laughs> going to do an entire 30 minutes on Miller on our show. I can't wait to listen to it uh, tomorrow, Richie. Um, Sarah says, hello from Keynes, uh, France. Wow. Well, thank you very much for joining. Really appreciate it. Uh, go back and listen to the the podcast if it. I don't know what the time is in France right now, but if uh, if this gets a little hey, too late or early for you, I guess early. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The Soda Pod, wherever you get your podcast. But uh, no, I, I it's it's crazy, Corey. Like you said, you described it as a nightmare that hasn't been ending. I mean, from from a news point of view, and somebody just like is is dialed into the NHL and the hockey world. It's you're right. It's like it's one it's one speed bump after another. And just when there's like one step forward, it seems like there's another two steps back and, you know, nothing against, you know, Bill Armstrong. He, he came into this, you know, with, without even dipping his hand in the draft at all, because he was still involved with St. Louis at the time and having to come in and, you know, clean up Chica's mess. And then now this coming, I mean, the guy, the guy has enough on his plate right now to, to help build this team moving forward without, you know, having to deal with all this stuff behind the scenes. So, how do you think? Uh, how do you think he's going to handle this? And do you, as a fan and someone who's dialed into the team, have the confidence that maybe this is one of the best people who you know could handle the storm? Yeah. So when um, when he came in, there was three different people. Let me pull up all their names and their titles, so that way I don't screw them up. But they're the only person that was in this that actually was a um was a pick from him because he had gone through and basically cleaned house in the scouting department right because of the fact that he want he didn't like the way that the scouting department looked and he knew that that was actually why the team wasn't getting a lot of good players was because they were scouting improperly and so when he came in he brought in um plandowski from tampa bay and he was the director of amateur scouting and decord from toronto and he's a special assistant to the gm and the director of goalie operations all three of them including armstrong wasn't able to be in the draft itself because of the fact that they had contracts with their previous teams so Mm -hmm. the only person that was brought in by armstrong that was able to be there was Ryan Jankowski, and he is the uh, associate director of amateur scouting. And then the other two that were leading it was the AGM to Chaika, which was Sullivan, and um, the other special assistant to the GM, which is Scott Walker. Both of them were from the Chaika era, era. And it's it's strange because Miller was never on their board back in June. And then all of a sudden, he appeared when the draft came. So we don't know they're like the Kites themselves are doing an investigation in there to see what exactly happened from A to B to see why this happened. But um, I don't have Armstrong's quote on me um, right now, but he has basically said underlying in his uh, quote that he didn't have anything to do with it, but without directly saying it, because like publicly right. he couldn't just be like, oh, I didn't have anything to do with this. But he basically said that he couldn't be in the draft, and if it, he was in the draft, he wouldn't have picked him. So I, I have a great respect for him for what he's done so far and the direction that they're going in. Um, I don't know if it was a you know this fell through the cracks or it just happened to be he popped up and they wanted to take the risk. But I don't think under Armstrong any of this would have happened. So I do have great faith in him, but. 
it does make me scared and make me wonder what it was like during the Trika era in the fact that it may have been worse than we ever thought it was. That, that's yeah. a good point. I mean, he might not have been on the board because he wasn't one of the guys they brought in early for workouts. So, um, but no, I, in all seriousness, like I, I don't know which one would be worse. Cause like both are bad in different senses, but like you wonder, is this them thinking, like you said, we don't pick until the fourth round. Like this is a really high value pick that we can get here. You know, maybe this will brush over or is it the opposite? They like actually like kind of reached out and tried to do due diligence and just didn't dig deep enough. I don't, again, I don't know which one's worse or which one it was, but it's just gonna be interesting to see what comes out from that internal investigation. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and no matter what, it's going to look bad, no matter how you slice it. Um, the only person I think that can kind of come off here a little bit. Okay. Is, is Armstrong. And that is the joke that everyone keeps making is, you know, if they just got in trouble for over, you know, scouting players, how did they not fully scout this one? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it, they were going through so many um, job changes at the time that it could have, but at the same time, um, Isaiah, the kid who he was bullying, um, no, his mom said that no team had contacted her. So no one had gone through enough to actually contact her and say how things went. So um, I think it's also an error that I think the entire NHL can learn from is the fact that they need to be more thorough when it comes to, um, you know, scouting these players that have these problems, especially when it's such a big thing in the NHL and sports in general, you know, how many, we even put out a poll today that was about like, does talent supersede um, uh, the players on off on off ice con uh, on ice off ice conduct? Why can't I say that? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, but so does that supersede it? And that's the thing that I think they came to was it, he was worth the risk, and they thought that they could create essentially mm -hmm. a redemption story from him. But from what it sounds like, it he never was really that apologetic. The other guy that did it with him, which the his biggest crime that he ended up getting charged for was he took a push pop and put it in a urinal and made this kid essentially eat it. And um, he had to be tested for STDs and all sorts of stuff afterwards. And he had the mental capacity Horrible. of a 10-year-old at the time. Um, they were both 14 um, physically at the time, though. And so the kid, the other kid who did it with Miller was bawling crying and was really sorry mm -hmm. miller never approached the parents ever so he wrote the note that the court mandated and did his 25 hours community service but he did nothing after that and i also read from you know like the judge's notes and a few people interviewed him after at the time saying that they didn't get the feeling that there was any remorse and I was actually talking to producer Pigeon about this prior to this podcast, saying that like it, even at 14, you know, yeah, people can be bullies and kids can be very, very mean. But this is like some strategic next level, like fucked up, you know, uh, bullying here. Like this is this is horrible. You know, this this is a next level rather than, you know, um, you know, developing your social skills with your peers and stuff like that. Right. Like this is this is some this this is horrible, horrible stuff. And it's like it's not a nor like normal people don't don't do this type of stuff even at the age of 14 so and to show no remorse i mean that kind of that seals it in my books reading through the type of quotes that uh that's coming out of him and you said it Corey. the other person involved was was crying and actually you know in the courtroom and actually gave a 
from what it seemed like anyways, a real apology with some, you know, some empathy there as well. Um, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, and this may be just like a naive Canadian statement, but we see a lot of NFL teams draft players and not really go into as much character as, let's say, some of the NHL. And I'm not saying the NHL is perfect. We're seeing this right now. But like the likes of Brian Burke, for example, I mean, say what you want about Brian Burke if you're a fan of, you know, what he's done in the National Hockey League. But he's been very vocal about saying that, like, it is character and family first when it goes into the draft. It doesn't matter if you're the best player out there, number one on everyone's board. If you're a piece of shit, I'm not drafting you. And I mean, I, I wonder how many other GMs take that into account, you know, more seriously. I mean, in all reality, they should because of the fact that, um, and I mean, I might say this because I come from more of like a PR background from mm -hmm. when I was going through college and everything else. But like, to me, it, it, no matter in the end, you are part of an entertainment business. And so if your player comes in and they're going to be more of a PR issue for you than they ever will be as a player, then they're going to be distracted. They're not going to play as well. And two, they're not going to look good for your team. So how much they're going to cost you is not going to be worth what talent they have. And that's just from like a business point of view, from a moral point of view. Oh, hell no. It's not worth the, the having someone that's going to be a morally bad person and being able to defend that person and to mm -hmm. stand up for that person all the time it's it's terrible practice morally and business-wise so i just i don't get why I, in this instance i think it's because they genuinely thought he could have a redemption story and they didn't look into it enough but it really just is not worth it yeah, what did mike gillis say about cody hodgson's one time he's like i've spent more in his rookie season he said he i spent more time dealing with cody hodgson and his family than any other player combined on the team this kid's like 23 just coming into the league or whatever it was like man yeah that makes you question those type of picks um hoppy what else do we have here for core before uh, we let her go yeah i don't know if she needs to run at all but i'm really just curious i mean we hit on the biggest issue but is there anything else coyotes perspective looking forward anything that we know is coming up that is noteworthy for the team and you can talk some more vikings too if you want I don't yeah, care. I'm, I'm happy to do that too um i i hope there's something really cool and noteworthy coming up i i would love some more kachina stuff to oh, drop please. because everyone i think is definitely in agreement on the fact that the kachina is one of the best things made so i'm really hoping that <laughs> unless you're hockey troll <laughs> we we ignore him <laughs> that's okay like it's really well known through the network that like after a while he makes some very bad takes so you just ignore him after a while kind Ooh, of like i love it kind of like at the point when he decided that he didn't like kraken and that he wanted totem that really proves to you what his uh opinions are like and it's not very good well, the fact so. that that's still his name on twitter yeah he's not changing like, anything he, he's so. not backing down from that no <laughs> This guy gotta, doesn't back down. respect the courage, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, amazing stuff there. And again, um, Corey, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, the Vikings talk actually got us the most viewers at that time of uh, of the podcast. So, so I mean, come back anytime. We, we appreciate it. Like, this is the state of hockey. But let's be honest. They're Vikings fans first, and they always will be. Which... I actually, so I got to go to my first Vikings game in U.S. Bank Stadium when, what was it, two years ago? And it was 
absolutely magical. I came when they played uh, the Cardinals, so that way I could have both teams in, in one area. But um, I went to go see a Wild game before that, and I actually bought a State of Hockey hat. So I do have a State of Hockey hat. Very nice, very sitting nice. Sitting in my room, uh, you know, because I had to – I had to get one there. I am a big uh, Vikings fan, but I'm not, I haven't really ever associated with the wild just partly because my dad was one that got me into Vikings football. So um, he, uh, he wasn't as big in the hockey until actually I came along. So there you (laughs) go. But Uh, uh, I, that was one of the coolest things when I was there was seeing all of the, uh, the state of hockey stuff. I really respect it quite a bit because, you know, being in Arizona, we're working really hard to try and get everyone into hockey, but seeing everyone's passion there for hockey is, is a big deal. Oh, some of the best fans in the United States. Uh, I will chime in on one football note. Uh, DK Metcalf for the Seahawks 46 yard touchdown today was an absolute beauty. And uh, Corey Hoppy, a few weeks ago when the Seahawks were playing uh, the Vikings, the I believe the Vikings are up by 15 at half. And I'm like, oh, the Seahawks are probably going to lose. I mean, yeah, their their offense has been killing it the, this year, but their defense has been poop. And uh, Hoppy goes, no, no, no. This is Minnesota. Like, th- we're going to lose. And didn't they win by like one point or something like that coming back in the fourth? Um, so go Seahawks, baby. Woo! But they lost to Arizona. Yeah, we don't talk about that. At the very end as well. That one was great. I really enjoyed lo- watching that. Yeah, our and defense sucks. Okay, remember? Gonzalez went to ASU, which is my alma mater. So it was it was very good that night. How about this Metcalf guy, though? Again, I'm not a huge football guy, but I've been watching this kid play, and whew, he's something else. I mean, talent is talent. Like, no matter what team they play on, talent is talent. I, I will okay. respect that. Okay. All right. <laughs> no com- no good compliments on the Seahawks. I get it. I get it. Um, all right. Do you have anything else for uh, Hoppy? No, really appreciate you jumping on and joining us. Obviously, you're welcome back anytime, especially if there is a Vikings win. <laughs> um, but uh, tell everyone what you guys are going to be talking about this week or anything you have coming up on Sporty with Richie, Corey and Richie. We are going to be talking about <laughs> we are going to be talking about all of the Miller stuff. Um, we're gonna break it all down. I took so many notes today that it was literally like three pages worth because there's so much stuff in this. So we we're gonna break all of that down. Um, and then we're also going to talk about I think someone wanted us to break down something about superheroes again i don't know how we always get drawn into this but uh, apparently we we have to talk about something about that again because i saw it on the rich the rundown richie made and then um well that's why you talk about it because richie's making the rundown that that's true that's (laughs) and then um we also are going to do our random shit of the week which is again whatever richie finds on the internet usually it's from florida um well as as it always is yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I just hope it's not about very massive pythons this time. As long as it's not about large snakes or people microwaving their ballots, then I'm okay. Yeah. That, that'll that leave a podcast speechless. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Where can they find you on uh, social media and whatnot? Um, I'm at, at Corey Nicole, just like it says over here. And then... Um, the show is at at Corey underscore Richie show and at Corey Richie show on basically everything else. Amazing stuff. Well, again, thank you for your time. Uh, can't wait to bring you back on again. On the other side, we're going to get into the open phone app. But first, 
a word from the newest podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, Life After Hockey with Brad Lee. We're going to run a quick promo there on the live stream. Thanks to everyone on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And of course, everyone listening back on the podcast. Episode 97 of the SodaPod. We'll see you on the other side. Hello and welcome. My name is Brad Lieb. I am a former professional hockey player and this is the Life After Hockey podcast. This is the place where I'll be interviewing former players and exploring their life after hockey journeys, including their successes, challenges, and the causes that they are passionate about. So please join me on the Hockey Podcast Network every Saturday for new episodes and follow me on Twitter at Brad M. Lieb for all my podcast updates. And until then, keep going and enjoy your life. Let's go life after hockey, baby. Woo! <laughs> life after hockey podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts from. You're listening to the Soda Pod, episode 97 of the Soda Pod. Thanks everyone tuning in tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We really appreciate it. And of course, back on the podcast. Uh that was awesome. You got to, you know, talk a little Vikings, which is which is always good. As you know, you can't do that with me, unfortunately. Um, we got to pump Corey and Richie's show, Sporty with Corey and Richie, here on the Hockey Podcast Network, and um, and she gives uh, she, she shed a lot of light on that story, which I don't even think we really even need to talk much more about. If we have any other looming thoughts, we can we'll dive into some more NHL talk in the next segment. Shane's commenting saying, "I listened to that podcast. It's as crisp crisp as an apple fresh off the tree." Especially this time of year, Shane. They're, they're rather crisp if they're still around. Uh, no, they're a great podcast. Uh, Shane says, what about alligators? <clears throat> what are frogs, Shane? Um, all right, this is the... <laughs> This is the uh, the open phone segment, and we uh, we pretty much only do this segment exclusively for the one fan who uh, who who leaves us voice. Every now and then we'll get a text, but usually it's just trolling me. So, anyways, Drunk Greg is back. He's got a voicemail for us, Hoppy. Uh, here we go. Presented by the Open Phone app. Hey there, boys. Uh, Greg Colton. Happy uh, Happy Halloween, there, boys. Uh, my, my question for you this week is, uh, what's your go-to Halloween drink? I don't really drink the fireball, get passed out on the patio by about 9 o'clock. Thanks, boys. You, uh, keep up the good work, eh? See ya. All right, so, uh, what's, what's our favorite Halloween drink, eh? Uh, Drunk Greg Hoppy, What's yours? I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. It's not fireball for me. I think I've told my fireball story on this podcast many times. I won't bore everybody with it again. But fireball is off the table for me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fireball guy. Like I won't turn it down, but I don't seek it out. I don't know, Isha. You strike me as a guy like straight out of South Park, maybe like Jack and Crack combo, or. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like I don't drink any different typically on Halloween than I do on normal drinking occasions. But uh, one really? thing that I'm I guess surprised. I'll say. Anyone that's a fan of Crown Royal, if you get their Crown Royal apple and their Crown oh, Royal God. salted caramel, and you combine the two, it's like those like oh, caramel apple suckers. Okay, okay, delicious. That you re- you redemption. I'm not a fan of the Crown Royal apple. I think it's 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 destroying what is a, a pretty damn good drink, and it, it 
in itself, which the crown of shadow you never mixed it with caramel. No, that's why I said redemption. That, okay. that that's good. That's good. I'm surprised that you didn't say what I'm about to say. The, the go-to Halloween drink is uh Jamaican rum, Appleton's. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, and in in Hoppy's in Hoppy's work for me. <laughs> in Hoppy's case, any any type of rum. Okay. And um and honestly, fresh warm apple cider straight from the apple tree, baby. That's what we were doing last night. Uh, okay, fresh so apple like, cider and rum. A watered down version of apple pie. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, that gets you drunk. Um, no, that that's what I always have Halloween. A nice uh, real apple cider with some with some. I like the Appletons. You can't handle the spice rum. I remember that. Um, yeah, but any sort of any sort of But off of that, like right in line, I did have some apple pie, and like that is unmatched. I don't ever. Make oh, it I, lo- I'm I'm I love I love apple pie. But- like, oh, if you get the good stuff from over in Wisconsin, like literally the only thing that they're good for is <laughs> cheese and real Everclear that you can mix and make delicious, delicious apple pie with. Amazing, amazing. Actually, um, produ- Producer Pigeon used to brew up some uh, uh, Brain Slap Moonshine, which was apple pie flavored. Uh, that was some, that was some good shit. Let me tell you. And that, that was more of a Christmas drink, but I could, I guess you could, you could drink that on Halloween as well. Oh, Christmas. Ah, all right. Triggered now. There's people that are already putting up Christmas decorations. Why? Why is that a thing? We we talked about this. I I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast. Actually, we definitely, we definitely (laughs) talked about it off air that, um, up here in Canada, November 11th, it's, uh, you know, it's remembrance day. It's, it's, it's a holiday to remember, you know, uh, the, the veterans and, uh, my my rule and what I think should be a nationwide rule is no Christmas lights until after, you know, Remembrance Day at the, at the very minimum. Right. That's like the that's even early for me, but I'll whatever. Yeah. But, but before Halloween or the day after, unacceptable. No. Yeah, that's I don't know. Yeah. I'm Anyways, I'm very, yeah. very strongly opinionated on Christmas decorations. Oh, I know. So. I know. Um, we talked 30 minutes after a show about it one time, but, uh, all right. So uh, that has been the open phone segment. Thanks uh, drunk Greg again <laughs> for your contribution. Uh, I'll find out who you are one day, uh, text and voicemail open to all Minnesota fans in and beyond the state of hockey. Listen, it's simple. If you call us or leave us a text message, we'll put you on the podcast. It's a great way to interact with their fans. So do not be shy. 612-324-1684. Again, that's 612-324-1684. This segment has been brought to you by the Open Phone app. They give you a business phone in an app. Great monthly rates at only 10 bucks a month. Uh, and the web app is outstanding. Uh, I do want to say, if you folks are listening to the podcast and you're tuning in on the live stream, uh, please go give us five stars and rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. We don't really care what the review is. It's not for our egos at all. We just want those five stars. And that's the best thing you can do if you want to support this podcast as it helps us get on the top of the chartable ratings on the iTunes ratings. And it just gets more eyes on the soda pod. So again, five stars. We don't need to be stroking off here, but you want to throw in something funny. You want to throw in a question. You want to throw in your favorite type of beer, TV shows, anything related to the show. We, we read all of them and we really appreciate it. But again, if that's the best way you can support us right now, especially if you use a, a, an iPhone or an Apple product, it's one click away, baby. Um, final segment of the show. It's going to be a, we got, a, we got a decent chunk of time left in the show to, to dissect and talk a little bit about some NHL and hockey news that's been on the shelf uh, for a few weeks. Um, we're going to w- run one last uh, hockey podcast network work promo here. Then on the other side, we're going all hockey till the end of the show. Again, thanks to everyone listening to episode 97 of the Soda Pod. 
Okay, Pigeon, you have some explaining to do there. It's a staple on the network. It's it's part of the network now. Fair, and don't get me wrong, I love it. But how how is that a THPN promo? I didn't I even thought, play THPN anywhere. I just well, it, it said the soda pot in the corner, which is part of the hockey podcast network. And I also felt like you guys need some jazz in the show, so I just brought it in. No, I, I do love jazzed we, it up a little. We bit do boys. love the jazz flutes. Uh, shout out Barrel Theory. <laughs> All right, Hoppy, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, producer Pitch. You're doing a bang up job. Um, what do we got on tap here for some NHL talk? Yeah, and we can wrap this up and move on because if you haven't gotten enough Mitchell Miller talk, again, check out Sporty with Corey and Richie because they're going to cover it in ways that we can't. Um, but just important to note again, was dropped by or his rights were dropped by Arizona, and subsequently he was released from the UND hockey team. They did say that he could continue going to school there, but not on his, the team. His, his scholarship uh, lasts for one more year, so they have to honor that. Um, but after that, you know, he's a he's a regular-ass student and a shitty-ass person by the sound of it. <laughs> oh, shit. And so, yeah. like, just quick before we move on from it, yep. like, talking to our hockey poll, like, I, my goal isn't to be canceled here, but, like, my real opinion on the poll itself is it's one of two options. It's either no more meaningful hockey yeah. or it's NHL, AHL. Because you look at, I mean, you brought up the NFL before Isha with, I mean, Michael Vick not only came back and had some good years after what he did, he's now in the broadcast booth. Like you look at uh, some that, of that is mobile Chiefs players. Kareem Hunt is now a star with the Browns after picking him up after his debacle. Tyreek Hill barely received discipline after breaking his son's arm and having it on record on the phone threatening his, I don't know if it was girlfriend or wife, mm -hmm. but like obviously the NFL is a little bit different, but if he gets back in and again, this has to begin with him actually feeling remorse and actually going out and, you know, somehow being active in fixing this, you know, really across the country. If he can be an activist and do that and shows character changes, I'm not the one to say whether or not he should play again, but if he gets that chance with a junior program, with a college program, like eventually it's going to be that point where it's, Hey, this is a changed man. We want to bring him in. We want to embrace that and use him to spread the message. Like he will find his way back into some mm -hmm. form of serious hockey if he bridges that first gap of finding some kind of junior team to play for. That's my opinion. So if that doesn't happen, no more meaningful hockey. If it does, decent chance he works his way back in. Well, that you said it there, though. Works is like this kid's not going back in at the top by any means. And let's be honest, he was a fourth round pick to begin with. Whether he would drop in the draft or not, it was it was gonna be a climb for for this this young man. And uh, and now if he if he does get another chance, whether you know, I think it would be ha after what you suggested there, him actually taking the real steps to move forward. Um, I think still he he's going to have to work his ass off more than the I, average player. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I voted for like, I, I don't need to see this kid playing meaningful hockey. I joked about the KHL, but being the KHL, I mean, look at like Brendan Leipzig. He's being paid by the KHL. Right, no, they don't give a shit. They don't give a fuck. No. Uh, Shane says Charles Barkley uh, spit on a child. He meant to spit on some other guy, but he was remorseful and said it made him look in the mirror and change his life around. Shane, this is a hockey podcast and okay uh hoppy do you have anything on this does support hockey so okay there you go <laughs> um shane wow i did not know that um 
Sorry, I had just <laughs> not even sure if I believe him, but it's a good if story. Was, if this was radio, we'd go to commercial right now because I'm about <laughs> to lose it. Um, what, what do we got next? Oh shit, man! All right, so uh, this is a story that I didn't even know was a story until the later <laughs> update to the story came up. Oh, Isha's on the desk crying right now. This is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh. just stop, Isha. I stopped for a reason. <laughs> Thanks, Pigeon. Uh, He's um, supposed to be producing the show here. Uh. So, allegations against Talon are not substantiated. I, I had no idea that there were any allegations against him until this story came up. Isha, did you have any yeah. idea that this is a no, thing? No, 100%. 100%. It just came out right after he left the bubble. Okay, yeah, I missed that entirely. So that's on me. <laughs> we even we talked about it on the podcast on ta- about Talon. No, we didn't. Uh, you're right. It wasn't with you. <laughs> yeah, I talked about it on someone else's podcast. That's okay. my bad. So that that explains it. But still, like, clearly there was like no grounds for it. Like, not consistent with his past. No one could corroborate the story besides this anonymous, you know, tip. And it was to, to for anybody else who hadn't heard the story. It was for some racist remarks. Yeah, it sounded like it was several racist remarks. I mean, it started with coming to the bubble, but then this anonymous source said that it's something that's happened for some time. I don't know. Which is again, it was against it was against the I guess the dominant grain of people knowing of his character and that he, you know, that this is this is something that came out of left field. Yeah, unlike Peters, who had no defenders. Yeah, like, who had a history yeah, of that. had people that could speak to his character. So that's yeah, good. various cookie crumbs, you know, where where <clears throat> Talon is from the most part, you know, uh, a well respected, you know, guy in hockey operations. Yep, and I alluded to this earlier, but um, Joe Miller uh, going off to the USHL, foregoing his senior year of high school, guy that would have been a front runner for Mister Hockey, probably had a you know maybe wouldn't have won the state tournament, but had a decent shot of going back in consecutive years. He is absolutely a player that's good enough, poised, ready to go to the USHL before he jumps in with University of Minnesota. I just hope that this isn't a slippery slope that leads to some of the borderline guys or even the guys that aren't quite ready yet jumping ship because they're not quite sure what the landscape is going to be with high school hockey because Mm -hmm. I would get it for this year, but that can be a slippery slope that kind of takes away the fabric of what makes Minnesota high school hockey. So great. If you know, it happens, if, beyond all, yeah, if all the seniors are leaving, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, totally. And you said this kid, 59 points, 25 goals and 25 games for, for Blake. Um, and going now to the Chicago steel, uh, Bobby, I would say Bob. Yo, is Bobby it o. Bobby? Oh, two, three, two, three, one. Why don't the wild sign Corey Perry? Hoppy, you want to take this one? How much time you got? <laughs> you got about you got a minute. You got a minute okay, to like, answer this. Honestly, that Corey Perry is a guy that should be signed by a contender, especially if he's willing to take a decent deal. Wild are not a team like that. Like, there's no reason to bring in a guy like that for a year, especially when, let's be real, their wing depth is pretty stacked already. And they need down. some cent. They need centers, not wings. Right. They need centers, not wings. But again, this is a guy that you're bringing in to help push through the playoffs. Like. He didn't exist in the regular season. You saw what he did in the postseason. He is that guy that you want somewhere in that bottom six to be that sandpaper who can finish if he needs to. 
So he proved me wrong this playoff run too. I thought that he was going to just play exactly like he did in the regular season, which wasn't bad, but was, you know, an aging Corey Perry, like a good depth player on the team who's, you know, playing out the end of his career. He came to play in the playoff and was a factor for the Dallas Stars. Uh, Oh, Branzer, uh, have you heard of uh, Krenke at Blake? Sorry, I don't. I I, I haven't personally. Uh, Hoppy. <laughs> I I mean I know of Cranky. I don't know a whole lot there. Again, Miller's the one that I followed really closely last year. He as a junior was already a stud. And to be honest, at first I didn't even realize he was a junior, and I thought he was in his senior year. But um, no, can't really speak to that too far. Here, I'm I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up right now. Actually, I'm bringing up their their roster here. Um, but on the Corey Perry topic, like. If I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm bringing him in over Spessa or Thornton, personally. Like, Ooh. he fits what they actually need to add. Like, don't get me wrong. Joe Thornton, like, he's going to do a lot for that locker room. He's just not the player he was. And, like, putting him on a bottom six role just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, like, where else is he going to is he gonna slot in? And it's like he can still – if he's in the offensive zone, if he doesn't have to start – you know, in the defensive zone, he doesn't have to skate through the neutral zone. I mean, Joe Thornton. I'm not saying that he doesn't slot in in the bottom six with Toronto, given their depth. I'm saying why bring him in to be part of your bottom six? Like San Jose, totally. Fair enough. You want the guy to stay there and retire with you, put him wherever he needs to be to play. But like, I don't know. Seemed like a weird move. Like I totally get it from a locker room perspective. And maybe that is something that'll help move the needle. But like, is he going to end up? being traded to Carolina, just not for a first round pick since he's not getting paid six mil. No fair, fair question. By the way, Carter cranky, uh, 16 years old, freshman season, uh, four goals, eight assists for 12 points to 25 games. So shout out Carter. I hope you have a hell of a high school career. My man, don't dip out early for the USHL. <laughs> Stay till your senior season. My man, unless you're too good. Then we understand. <laughs> yeah. And in that case, come on the soda pod. We'd love to interview you. Um, Speaking of Minnesota hockey, uh, you know, something a little bit related here. Uh, we both thought that uh, the Alex Galchenyuk could be a player that Minnesota decided to sign for another year and give him another chance. We even thought that maybe even a two-year deal could have been on the table. He wasn't Billy Guerin's guy, and he found, uh, well, he found a new home, Hoppy. He did, and apparently he is, quote-unquote, definitely hungrier than ever, which, I mean, after being moved, what, four times – three times in like a three or four year span. Like I hope you're hungry, but dude, I don't know. It's one of those things where we don't know if like he wants to go to Ottawa because he knows that he'll stack higher in the depth chart. But if this was the deal that could have been signed in Minnesota, I don't know why you don't bring him back to be your number two center. I, I think Garen is just one of those guys who's like, he's not my guy. I don't care if it was a good price or not. I don't want, I don't want him. And I respect that. And by and large, I get him like not bringing back the guys that he knows aren't part of it. But for me, this is a guy that has been tossed around the league. He has not gotten a fair shake. Like if he can't stick with teams for more than a year before they give up on him, or he gets traded to someone like Pittsburgh, who's not going to utilize him the way he needs to, like it's hard to judge him on such a short span of time. And he actually did okay with Minnesota in his short time period. No, he did. Points in 14 games. Exactly. A good chunk of those games weren't in the role that he needed to be in. He needs to be a center and at least needs to be middle six. So I get moving on from guys that you're not a fan of, but 
taking a one-year, $1.05 million deal to see if he can turn into the player that he was when he was that third overall pick. Like, I think that's a worthwhile gamble when, again, you can walk away after this year if it turns out not to be right when, by and large, this season is – we're not going for it right now. And look, there's only been one season minus his, his rookie season in the National Hockey League where he didn't put up goals. You know, like in a bad season for Galchenyuk was 13 goals in 65 games. A good season was 30. Like this guy puts up goals and it's always in between that range. Yeah, is his defensive play anything special? No, that's why he needs to be in the role to succeed in an offensive top six role. Unlike where he was in the Minnesota Wild, where it was third line with some of the shutdown players, hoping that he could be that spark for that line. Well, he's not necessarily the spark of a line, but if he plays center, he at least can drive a little bit more play with some talented wingers. Yeah, and I don't know well enough. Like, I'm obviously not on the inside, and I can't speak well enough to it, but you at least have to factor in that this is a guy that could have been, you know, someone that helps ease a guy like Kaprizov into the league. Like, they don't have anyone else that can speak Russian on the team, right? Yeah, no, that's that's true, man, 100%. But um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, I mean, I wish him all the best. I've always liked Alex Galchenyuk as a player, and I thought it was hilarious. Those... uh. Those, those clips of him just getting right pumped on the bench before games. Have you seen those gifts of him just like just moving his stick around, just like getting all fucking fired up? I love yeah. that shit. I love that shit. I'll try to find the gif and, and share it from the, uh, I think Wilderness uh, Hockey shared it at one point, so I'll have to dig that up. Okay, um, well, that works. Well, I'm going to sit back kind of like you did during the, uh, the, hot, the football talk for the Vikings. Uh, you're going to sound off on this next topic here, so I'll, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so absolutely ridiculous. The uh, the OHL, the Ontario Hockey League, the well part of the CHL, Major Junior, um, their season isn't starting until February 4th, and they're not having any sort of contact in the league moving forward. Now, it's one of the last leagues to, to start up um, in regards to junior hockey in Canada and in North America, I'd argue. I mean, the QMH, QMJHL has already started up. Uh, various other leagues in Alberta, British Columbia, and obviously the United States have started up. And, and are some of the, are all of them perfect? No, but a plan was in place and they rolled with it. Now the OHL has just been waiting and waiting and waiting for the province of Ontario to to essentially make a decision because they're they're handcuffed uh, by their their province's legislator on the matter. And in a way to push politics much like what's going on in the qmjhl for you know i don't know if you've, you've heard this hobby but the qmjhl recently got a huge i guess grant is what you could you know donation uh funding from the from the provincial government for eliminating not entirely but scaling back on fighting they've been giving extra subsidies by complying with that so that the local governments that push that towards the local hockey can be the ones that say you know we're we're making the game safer for our youth and using that as a political platform. Well, that's happening right now in uh, in the Ontario Hockey League with uh, Lisa McLeod, um, who is uh, the Ontario Minister of Sport. And she confirmed uh, just, just the other day that you know the Ontario Hockey League and Junior A and B in Ontario, the Ontario Junior Hockey League, um, you know, and such are not going to be having contact. That's no body checking no fighting, anything in that matter, if they're going to play the sport of hockey, which they plan to starting February 4th. This also threw the GMs um, off guard as they didn't think this was going to happen. Now, my 
qualms of the like I, I I'm pissed off all around. I think that it was uh I don't think that it was right that the OHL didn't have a plan in their back pocket if they knew that this was even a, a possibility, which again a lot of them said that they were shocked. I mean, I was shocked too. But even if there was like an inkling of this on the horizon, whereas the QMJHL not doing it, the WHL, which is slated to start, I believe, in early January, they're not going to do this as well. And furthermore, for the league, not even to say that, you know, you have to wear a face mask or bubble, just saying that body checking is taking out. You're still in a small condensed space, you know, with players. And if you're still playing shinny, you're, you're right next to them, shoulder, shoulder, trying to dig a puck away anyways. Contact doesn't matter in trying to prevent the spread of COVID-19. You know, not even making it mandatory to wear a full face bubble was was pushed in this uh, in this prerogative uh, from from Lisa McLeod. So th- this is this is pretty crazy stuff. Now, one more layer to it is there there's potential funding that the OHL can receive to help subsidize for not being able to have fans in the seats if they comply with the province of Ontario. And I believe it's north of 14,000 for each team or something like that. I don't have it up in front of me. Uh, no, t- sorry. Uh, just north of $12 million that can be divided amongst, uh, amongst each, each team. Better than 14,000. Yeah. Sorry. I <laughs> scrolling through here, but, um, but anyways, so that's, what's going on in Ontario right now. And my whole issue with it is again, I think the the minister is ridiculous in Ontario. I'll get to Shane's comment here in a second. But I also think that it's shame on the OHL for not at least trying to find a way to to do right by their players, whether it's the effort in trying to find them other places to play, whether they can rework some of their contracts to be, okay, this year is an outlier. You're not bound to this league if you have an opportunity to, say, play an out-year loan pro season or play in the WHL or a junior A league in a different province, you know? Players in Ontario aren't bound to play provincially. The WHL has a mixed bag of every single country and every other part of Canada and the United States. Anyways, I've talked for a while on this. I think it's ridiculous. I think the OHL should have been more proactive. And I think that if Ontario is going to push this as a uh, as a political platform, at least be a little bit better at it and implement face shields for fuck's sakes. I mean, come on. Yeah, and the biggest thing you said there that I wasn't aware of is the money that can come into the league if... Oh yeah, they follow these rules because and Hoppy, that's happened in fighting as well in the OHL. Now I can't give you the exact when that happened or what the fights were reduced to, but hey, the WHL got got that exact same thing. It's so happening first, we'll all say around. That fighting and like body checking are completely different. I understand like fighting's never going to go away, or at least hopefully not anytime soon, going away from the NHL. But if you want to take it away from junior hockey with these younger kids who haven't fully developed. Whatever, I at least understand yeah. where you're coming from. But, ho- Hoppy, but Hockey, get, Hoppy, get this. If you take it away from Major Junior, it's not ever going to funnel into the NHL anymore. That's the thing. Like, it's a... You can figure it out when you step into the NHL, man. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Oh, I know, I know, for sure. But, but it's just something to, 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 to keep in mind. Checking, man, like, the, they're just right in the middle of it. They're, like, skirting the line where, like, either have the season and have body checking because guess what? you're not going to be able to socially distance six feet apart for the face off. Like you're an idiot or just don't have the season because you are actually worried about COVID being spread. Like, yeah. And, and Shane said it here, body checking actually ch- is, it changes the game. And I'd argue is part uh, of the game more than fighting that. And more so like you're putting these players in danger when they go to the next level and they're not used to keeping their head up and they get fucking destroyed. Like, and this is major junior. Fighting. This isn't junior. A. Now all respect to junior a, Junior A is the path to the NCAA. 
the the CHL is the pass to the fucking NHL. Right. So you're doing you're not doing any players right. And I got into a Twitter argument with the Hockey Podcast Network's own Shane Ryan. And he was saying, well, it's good for skill development and whatnot. I was like, these kids go to fucking skill development camp for that shit. This is to play the game that you're going to play at the highest level. And and the OHL wants to argue that they are the best CHL team. Fuck that. Not after now. The, OH, the WHL is the GOAT 100% now, baby. After this, 100%. And I think that one, that oh, they just should have done right. I don't know. They can't do right by every player in this league. There's too many of them. And maybe it's unfair, but I'm going to say it because we're all thinking it. At least take care of the ones who need to develop the most and be in that environment who are going to be potential stars in the National Hockey League. You think it's a coincidence that Marco Rossi is playing overseas now? No. There's, there's no, there's no, you know, especially with what's going on with the OHL, it's not even on his radar as a choice, you know? Which he's he's probably not the best example if we're being completely fair because he's he pretty... grew that league in his first year. Fair so, enough. But your your point is still valid that like, why the hell would you want to participate in that? It's not going to help your development. You are not positioning yourself to play in the NHL. And I mean, this is a, you know, apples and oranges, but like people come at me for this. I don't understand why in Minnesota youth hockey, they took away body checking from peewees, which for you guys, because I know our leagues don't quite align. That'd be like grade six, grade seven. They took away body checking and they throw you right into it in grade eight, grade nine, which is bantams for us. Mm -hmm. I don't get how that makes any conceivable sense when in peewees, by and large, you're a similar size. You get to yeah. bantam hockey when you're grade eight, grade nine. Holy shit, man. Like you've got kids that are polar opposites in their development. The kids that go through puberty quicker, like you're going to have people get hurt because they haven't learned how to properly do it. And I know they do clinics and stuff to try and no, like for sure. teach it, but it's not the same as playing game speed and picking this up. So, well, and, and furthermore, Hoppy, you said, you know, people are getting hurt in that league. People are going to get hurt in the OHL. It's going to be fucking dirty. You better, I've seen it firsthand when, when BC hockey implemented full face shields, at all levels of junior B, you you think the game got cleaner? You think there were less injuries? No. There were more hacks. There were more slashes. There was, there was more verbal abuse, A, because it was harder to have a fight. He ripped the whole thing off. And, and I mean, B, there was like an NFL player and just punch him square in the helmet. Oh, I saw that today. Like that was hell? hilarious. God so a, a GM actually told the Hockey News that you better hope you're on the power play this year to succeed because there's going to be a lot, a lot of penalties. Now, the OHL told the Hockey News, until such time as we arrive at an agreement upon a return to play protocol with the government of Ontario, the league will have no further comment on the matter of body contact. Bent over, no lube, sandpaper finish, as uh, the biz nasty says. As he says, well, just Pre producer Pigeon didn't, didn't like that one. Canceled, so that was risky. Man, what... <laughs> What can I say? I I, I, I get a threat of being I get a threat of being canceled left, right, and center. We support everyone and their ideals. We think that everyone should have their platform and say whatever they feel is right. Signing off. <laughs> hey, I was citing someone else. That wasn't an original <laughs> thought. Um, we got about five five more minutes here before we we, we start closing out uh, the show. Hoppies, or is there one last topic you want to dive into? Yeah, I mean. If we want to get into it, we can talk to this point about some of the players that have settled before getting to their arbitration hearings. And by and large, they're actually pretty favorable contracts to the teams, which I don't know. Maybe part of the arbitration is understanding the flat cap, but mm -hmm. I feel like that shouldn't be put on the players 
you know, when you're evaluating their value, because a lot of that's based on, you know, performance of other players, what they got for contracts. So I don't know if that's actually put into it or if I'm just too high on all of these players, but it's interesting when you see, you know, Devon Taves going to the avalanche 4.1. Right. Are you kidding me? And That's for what right they traded for him too. We haven't talked about the penguins yet this podcast. So I'll just say it, uh, putting him right there with Dumoulin for like best value defenseman in the league. Like by no means, do I think Brian Dumoulin is like a top 10 defenseman in the league. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not ever going to say that, but getting him at 4 million for what he actually does. Holy shit. Taves, very similar thing. And they already were stacked on the blue line. What the hell? This is talk like, about a team that you know went from the basement to the top overnight. Uh, Joe Sackick, sir, he is a beautiful human. Hey, but there was a point where people were like, "Is this guy in over his head?" There was, and I was hearing it on every every station, every sports station. Yeah, he well, had his plan. He had his plan. He knows what he's doing. Apparently, he's making um, Shanahan everyone, look like an idiot right now. That's what he's doing. Listen. As I do every year when I bet on Stanley Cup futures, they're seven to one right now. Don't bet. Wait, they'll have a stretch where they lose like four or five games in a row. And for whatever reason, Vegas overcalculates because they don't know shit about hockey and it'll go up to like 10 or 11 to one. That's when you jump in and bet. That's exactly what I did this past year on Tampa. And to be completely honest, Vegas started as one of like the high favorites in the year and they went through their low streak. I got Vegas at 18 to one and you saw how close that came to happening. Like, yeah, no, that's true. Didn't wait on the ones that are way overvalued. What you really want to bet on. If you're going to bet futures right now is look at the ones that are just being disrespected. Like I did last year with Philly being 30 to one before the season started crazy. Look at how far they made it. So just a word to the wise, don't bet on the big dogs right now because like worst case scenario, they end up going down to like five to one. And it's like, did you really lose out on that much? You know what, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners of the Solar Pod, Hoppy's going to make me some fucking money this year. I ain't going to lose money betting, I'll tell no, you that this, much. This will be the year that I lose money now just because you try and jump on. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm knocking on wood right now. That ain't happening. Wow. That ain't happening. Um, the other two big names that uh, did get settled before arbitration were Bertuzzi in Detroit and Olafson in uh, Buffalo, which, again, can't emphasize this enough because I didn't realize it until a couple of weeks ago. So funny. Olsen is older than Sam Reinhardt. That that broke my brain for a good like 20 minutes when I found out. Ro- you know, rookie of the year, Calder candidate, older than, uh, yeah, than his center has been in the league for what, four or five years now? Yeah, man. And that, that speaks less to Olafson than it does to like people need to wake up on Sam Reinhardt and like how he still has room to develop and he can be. He's not going to be a top 10 player in the league. 23 or 24, right? Like yeah. a pretty solidified first line forward if things play out right for him. Hey, speaking of a player who I think is a solidified top line forward on both this team, of course, but on any other team based on what he brings is that Tyler Bertuzzi, man. This kid is unreal. I love his game. And yes, it's more of an old school game. Yes, it's like his uncle Bertuzzi's game. But the kid's got a little bit more swagger and the kid can score goals. 21 goals back to back. 2019-20, uh, 2018-19. Uh, 47 points and 48 respectively. He does it all. He can he can assist. He can score. And boy, can he piss off his p- opponents and play that, you know, Kachuk style game. That, again, Todd Bertuzzi style game. Yeah, man. And at 
three minus the lawsuit million, considering his upside and his age like that's pretty good 25 and years old yeah he's like, just hitting his stride he doesn't paralyze anyone like i'm very much supportive of this player and like what he can become especially like detroit doesn't look great right now but they've got at least some of the pieces and he is a guy that could be there long term when like look at the roster a lot of the guys that are there today are not going to be there when they're making the playoffs no, but he will be at like age 30, right? Or like age, you know, 27 to, to 30 in three to five years. You know, he, he'll be there. He'll be a piece, 100%. Yeah. Anyway, and Larkin will be right there as well. And Larkin's 24 years old or 23 years old. You know, they're underrated centers. I, I, in Canada, he's not underrated. We know how good he is up here. I don't know. I don't know if he gets a lot of traction uh, down south, but he definitely up here. He's because he's on Detroit. You know what I mean? Like, he which is funny. Dude, which is, which is, which is crazy because, like, think about Detroit, like, even five years ago, like everyone, everyone was highlighted on Detroit. Like Detroit was one of those teams where it was like, they were one of the best in the league. They oh, had the playoff. Oh, sorry. But, okay. Well, you know what I mean? They had the playoff streak going. Yeah. I guess but five years ago is when they fell off. But yeah. Everyone jumps to the next shiny object. Like that's not the Detroit Nashville right predators now. for two years. <laughs> yeah, seriously. What happened there? Hey, they, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I was rooting for them against uh, Pittsburgh. I would have won more money off of that than if Pittsburgh won. So I was gonna win some fucking money on that too, Hoppy. I'm pissed. I, mean, I was okay. I had a lot. I had a lot on that. That was that was. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. No, that that one was a funny one actually. My buddy, whose wedding is this coming weekend, um, he was in Vegas at the time before like the season even started that year, and it was literally like three days after the Kessel trade got. Oh out. yeah. And immediately I text him, or like he texts me back. He's like. Hey man, I put like 50 bucks on the penguins and uh, we can like split it. I'm like, no man, just give me that ticket and buy whatever else you want. He's like, <laughs> wait, really? I'm like, yep. He's like, oh, okay. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, we got the same ones. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and like, sure as shit. I mean, that was just a recipe for victory, but I also did have, oh man, Nashville would have won me so much more money going man. into that, but that that's for Patreon. <laughs> all right folks thanks for tuning in again on facebook youtube uh twitter and twitch that's right we're on twitch the hockey podcast network follow myself on twitter at vi sports talk and state of hoppy at state of hoppy we're both on instagram as well state of hoppy the same handle uh mine is just at vi sports talk underscore uh starting to share more of thpn content as well as uh well some pictures of my my home of vancouver island hoppy of course sharing the beer there on instagram so if you're curious about what he's drinking i know he does a great job on twitter of sharing uh you know the beers we talk about here on the soda pod but go check out the instagram account there's uh there's a lot of great stuff there as well and if you want to get in on our poll questions every week at the soda pod and if you if you want to support the network and we encourage you to do so, we have so many great shows like sporty with Corey and Richie uh, at hockey pod net on all social media platforms, except for Twitch. That's the hockey podcast network. Again, the best thing you can do for us today though, here at the soda pod is jump on iTunes and Apple podcasts, rate and review the show. Give us five stars. We don't care what you review. The review is, is not for our egos. It's just to uh, the five stars is just to get us on the top of chartables and uh, get our name out there and uh and and more visible on itunes and apple podcast um and also on any of our posts uh or our opinions there on on the soda pod twitter account and the the poll question write-ins are always encouraged so please uh interact with us um we also have a patreon account at the hockey podcast network patreon.com slash the hockey podcast network we have blogs coming out with the after hour show we're gonna have more 
exclusive content, maybe some Patreon specials, you know, hopefully get a couple here from the soda pod. Any extra content will be on Patreon and the paywall is $1. So it's really nothing. All the donations go towards uh, supporting the hosts. And if you want to move up a tier, you will be uh, rewarded with some THPN uh, monthly swag. It's exclusive. Um, and uh, so go check that out. We really appreciate it. Finally, you can find our, uh, <laughs> our producer at producer underscore pigeon. Um, you going for a smoke after this pigeon? It's been a long day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Pigeon's been doing a great job uh, hitting switches and controls here in the producer's booth. Um, that's it. Episode 97. Episode 100 is creeping up and uh, it's going to be a banger show. We're, uh, we're hoping to book a few guests for that one. Once everything's uh, signed, sealed and delivered, we'll, we'll start promoting it. But it's going to be a fun one. Hoppy's going to have to change his profile again to sloppy because it's definitely going to get sloppy here on the soda pot thanks to everyone who's uh, supported us you know throughout the stretch you know before hoppy jump jumped on and after uh 97 episodes that that's 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 unbelievable and uh, i really appreciate it guys because it's guys and gals i mean we, without you there would be no podcast so thank you for coming back uh, week after week after week and again thanks everyone who started to watch us on the streams either live on facebook youtube twitter and twitch or after uh we really appreciate it with all that being said, uh, signing off, my name is Isha Jerome alongside the state of Hoppy. You good, man? Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.